0: Here we go. You're listening to Law and Gospel on this Wednesday, Bible Study Wednesday, August the 24th in the year of our Lord 2022. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and we have been looking at various passages from Proverbs, but we're going to do something a little different today. We're going to talk about a theme that Proverbs has throughout its book, Proverbs is written by Solomon, of course, and it is all about the wisdom of God. And the word wisdom refers to the second person of the Trinity, namely Jesus Christ. So Proverbs is a book that is not to be taken as figuring out what you should do in life to become successful. I mean, there are a lot of things that it says, but you need to be careful that they are seen from a law and gospel point of view. For example, it may say that you should not steal and therefore don't steal. However, Proverbs isn't about just the different kinds of ethics that can occur in a person's life. It's really about the distinction between law and gospel and specifically between unbelievers and believers. In Proverbs 8, it talks about where Solomon says, Listen to discipline and become wise and do not neglect it. Blessed is the person who listens to me so that he watches at my doors day after day so that he guards the doorposts framing my doorways because whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from Yahweh, that's the name for God. But whoever sins against me harms himself. In fact, all who hate me love death. Now, that's a great passage to show that what Proverbs is about is distinguishing the lifestyle of a believer from an unbeliever. And that becomes very clear because in Solomon's Proverbs, there is a phrase that is traditionally understood as an abomination to the Lord. That's the King James Version. But it can also be rendered as a disgusting thing to Yahweh. And this phrase occurs in those portions of the book of Proverbs authored by Solomon. Elsewhere in the Old Testament, the phrase occurs only in Deuteronomy. So Solomon is drawing on the phraseology of Moses in order to explain and apply the law. Even when it is not joined to the name Yahweh, most of the other disgusting things in Proverbs are by Solomon. In fact, Out of the total of 21 instances of Solomon talking about a disgusting thing to Proverbs, only one is in a non-Solomonic section of the book. The noun signifies something that is theologically and morally repulsive, not just to human beings, but also to to God. It should be innately and reprehensible. But the natural reason and discernment of sinful people is so thoroughly corrupted because of our fall into sin that we fail to recognize the depravity of disgusting things. In fact, at times, The term, namely, an abomination to the Lord, is really referring to an idol. In other words, every time we sin, as we talked about it on the Sunday school lesson for issues, etc. yesterday, it is always a sin against the first commandment, thou shalt have no other gods before me. It doesn't matter what sin you're doing. It's always idolatry. You're setting yourself up to be God. And therefore, this denotes uncleanness, especially idolatry. In Deuteronomy, the only other biblical book with a disgusting thing to Yagwa This phrase often is connected with proscribed idolatrous or sacrilegious worship practices. Therefore, in Proverbs 6, for example, it lists seven things that are disgusting to Yahweh. And apart from that passage, other Proverbs include Six categories of human conduct that are described as a disgusting thing to Yahweh. Let's take a look at the items. The first one that is disgusting is just general sinful behavior. You know, we talk about that we sin by thought, word, and deed. So this first item is by deed. In Proverbs 3, verse 32, a crooked person is a disgusting thing to Yahweh. But Yahweh's confidential advice is with upright people. In the first chapters of Proverbs, we find a lot of advice of Solomon to his son. And that is advice that is wisdom. When we talk about the knowledge from God, what we're talking about is his understanding of reality. The universe is made in such a way that these kinds of behaviors that are disgusting always lead to negative consequences. Whereas that which is not disgusting to Yahweh, but in line with his will, his counsel, and his wisdom, that's what a righteous person does. So under general sinful behavior, The way of a wicked person is a disgusting thing to Yahweh, but he loves those who pursue righteousness. Now, God loves everyone. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. But he has an affinity towards those who pursue righteousness. What is pursuing righteousness? since Christians continue to sin. Righteousness takes place when we recognize that sin as an offense against God and we repent of it. That's pursuing righteousness. So the first item that is a disgusting thing to Yahweh is sinful behavior, things we do. The second items are sinful attitudes and thoughts. In Proverbs 11, verse 20, those with a perverted heart are a disgusting thing to Yahweh. But his favor is upon those people whose way has integrity. That is, they're following the will of God and you cannot follow the will of god on your own it is a gift given to you by the holy spirit and first in fact the first thing that receives god's favor upon people whose way has integrity is that these people have faith so in proverbs 15:26 The plans of a wicked person are a disgusting thing to Yahweh, but pleasant words are pure to him. And 16 verse 5. Everyone with an arrogant attitude is a disgusting thing to Yahweh. Be sure of this. That person will not go unpunished. Now that is really a critical recognition of how God operates in the universe. That if you do something with an arrogant attitude, you will not go unpunished. Now that punishment may not even occur in your life here on earth. There are a lot of arrogant people who are wealthy, have everything they want, Uh, they're not short of anything, but they will not go unpunished on the day of judgment because their arrogant attitude, which means they're prideful about their own accomplishments, not about God at all, that attitude will not go unpunished. So, You've got general sinful behavior. Those are deeds. You have sinful attitudes or thoughts. But we say that we sin by thought, word, and deed. So the third disgusting thing to God is sinful speech. In chapter 8, verse 7, for my wisdom's palate declares truth, and wickedness is a disgusting thing to my lips. That's what God is saying, that my lips refers to God himself, who never says a disgusting thing, which would be a lie. Chapter 12, verse 22, lying lips are a disgusting thing to Yahweh, but those who act truthfully receive his favor. In other words, blessed are those who listen to God and act truthfully. Now in the area of worship, this is a fourth area that can be an abomination to God. Worship by those who are wicked, that is, those who do not repent and are not righteous through faith, is a disgusting thing. We saw that happen when Israel was taken into Babylonian captivity because, according to chapter 15, verse 8, a sacrifice offered by wicked people is a disgusting thing to Yahweh. In other words, wicked people are unbelievers who offer sacrifices in order to get something from God. And sometimes they give it to the wrong God. They worship false gods. And so a sacrifice offered by wicked people is a disgusting thing. How much more when they bring it with evil intent? Now, that is really important because sin is characterized by God not only by doing that which is offensive to him by thought, word, and deed, but having a selfish motivation. In other words, evil intent. The Hebrew words that talk about this, a sacrifice offered by disgusting, are the first three Hebrew words, which then ends with to Yahweh. So what is disgusting to Yahweh is also worship. Next, perverted justice. This is Proverbs 17, verse 15. Acquitting the guilty person and convicting the innocent person, both of them are a disgusting thing to Yahweh. Whether you acquit someone who is guilty, saying they're really not guilty, or convicting an innocent person. This is happening in the United States today, particularly by those who are living lifestyles that are contrary to the word of God. They, first of all, acquit those who live such horrible lifestyles. And those lifestyles are an abomination to the Lord but they're acquitted even in some churches where these people attend saying, oh, it's really well with you, reminding us of Satan to Adam and Eve. No, you will not die if you eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You will become like God. So acquitting a guilty person and convicting the innocent, Many in the United States convict Christians of really being guilty of stating facts concerning God's will that they say are untrue. These wicked people, for example, would believe in evolution, uh, abortion. They would commit adultery or fornication and say this not against God's will is happening all over the country. And so it's something that the church needs to be about, using the book of Proverbs to help people understand God's true reality. Also, the sixth way is by fraud. Dishonest scales are a disgusting thing to Yahweh chapter 11, verse one, but an accurate weight has his favor. And in chapter 20, verse 10, differing weights and differing measures, both of them are an abomination to Yahweh, because you're cheating those who are bringing you various products to be weighed in order to receive proper money. In chapter 20, verse 23, differing weights are a disgusting thing to Yahweh and dishonest scales are an abomination. With the exception of murder, all of these sins are difficult for human authorities to detect and to punish. In fact, the ease with which such sins can be hidden from other human beings is emphasized in chapter 26, verse 25, where a wicked person's speech may appear to be gracious, but it conceals seven disgusting things in his heart. This is found among people. For example, a male may be giving uh, wonderful kinds of things to a woman that he wants to take to be his own. He doesn't mean them. He's just trying to make her feel good towards him so he can get what he wants. So his words may appear to be gracious, but there are disgusting things in his hearts. Proverbs may call sins a disgusting thing to Yahweh to emphasize that even if a person succeeds in hiding these sins from other people or escapes human punishment for them, he still falls under God's approbation. And unless he will repent, he will not escape the threat of divine punishment. Solomon emphasizes throughout the book, the things that God finds disgusting are also a delight to fools. In other words, whereas repentance is pleasing to God, fools, that is, unbelievers, whose attitude is diametrically opposite to God's attitude, they find repentance to be disgusting. Who told me I can't act the way I want to act? Who made you a judge over me? These are things that pastors hear again and again from unbelievers and even from some Christians who have become foolish in being wonderfully delighted by sins contrary to God's word. So to do wickedness is said to be a disgusting thing even to kings. That's in chapter 16, verse 12. Why is that? Well, as God's representative over the particular nation, a king or an officer elected to watch over the country is to have the same attitude towards sins as God does. And unfortunately, in the area of abortion, we have a number of officers who think that it is not only not a sin, but is something that a woman has a right to do over her own body, which, of course, is ridiculous since the baby within her is not part of her body. In Proverbs 28, verse 9, it speaks of someone rejecting instruction, and therefore such a person's prayer is disgusting to God. He will not answer the prayers of unbelievers because he answers the prayers of the righteous. This leads to the conclusion that when Proverbs talks about instruction, it's really talking about the wisdom of God and the instruction from God is in his word of law and gospel. Instruction of the law is really important. And why is that? Because in the instruction of the law, a person is coming to a recognition that they are in need of a savior. If you don't instruct the law, if you don't tell what God's will is, people will not recognize how sinful they are. They will not discover that there is no way to overcome that sin. And therefore, a preaching of the law is most instructive as people come to a recognition that they need to repent and therefore believe in Jesus Christ as their Savior. Therefore, this leads to the conclusion when you're reading the book of Proverbs that instruction is not just human understanding of what is right and what is wrong. Almost all religions, false outside of Christianity, believe murder is wrong, stealing is wrong, cheating against your spouse is wrong, but they don't consider them as God's rules. They think that they're just common sense. So, how is proper instruction from God taught? It's imparted by faithful teachers of God's word, which is the Holy Bible. So, the wicked who are opposed to God, they find a righteous person to be disgusting because they find God's ways as disgusting. This attitude underlies the rejection of the sinless Christ himself during his earthly ministry, which culminated in his crucifixion and the ongoing persecution of the Church of Christ and the rejection of his gospel, which continues to be reviled throughout the unbelieving world, even today. The dual teaching in Proverbs 29, 27 about a disgusting thing is the same as that stated by the Apostle Paul as revealed by the Holy Spirit in Romans 8, verse 6. It's a good summary of the entire book of Proverbs. For the mind of the sinful flesh is death, but the mind instilled by the Spirit is life and peace. So when you read the book of Proverbs, recognize that the dual distinction is always between the unbeliever who considers God's wisdom to be foolish and the believer who recognizes it as righteous. Join us on tomorrow's Law and Gospel. God bless you.